Hi everyone and welcome back to Where Joy Blooms, a podcast where we talk openly and honestly about all things pregnancy, birth and parenting. Our aim is to have real discussions about the challenges, highs, lows and experiences that we all may face along this phase in our lives as parents or parents-to-be. We hope this podcast can help you feel better supported and less alone as you embark or navigate parenthood. And if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, then don't hesitate to flick us a message or an email. We'll put the details in the description. Okay, before we get started today, we would like to acknowledge the land we meet on today is the traditional land of the Ghana people. We respect their spiritual relationship with their country and cultural beliefs. We acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Okay, guys, before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to put a big disclaimer to say that neither Emily nor myself are experts in this field. We are not nutritionists or dietitians or pediatricians or anything like that. Um, We are purely just having an open discussion um, about my experiences in feeding solids to my kids um, and Emily's, I guess, experience so far it's only the very start of her journey but yeah just sharing our education and our research with you all and we hope you enjoy hello emily how are you today good how are you i'm good thank you what's your week been like so far um it's been a fairly interesting week actually it's been a hectic hectic week actually i think yeah um, we had some issues with Olivia's pooing, which was not very fun. We've just actually started transitioning her to mixed feeding before I go back to work in January. We're just trying to take it slow, like introduce a bottle, like a bottle each time type of thing so it can not be as big of a harsh transition for her and then for myself. And that has ultimately affected her bowels and she hadn't pooed for over a week and then last week oh my god it was a poonami oh gosh yes I could imagine if they hadn't pooed for so long it'd just be like giant it was disgusting and like thankfully my partner was home he came home sick from work and I was like Jay you need to come and help me and he came out and went oh my god because we'd just gotten her out the car and it was everywhere so he took her inside he's like we just need to put her straight in the bath so then we were like in the laundry trough just like trying to get all the poo off <laughs> just rinsing her off oh. it was a nightmare it was a nightmare and then had a pediatrician appointment and yeah it's just been go 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 the last week yeah busy week for you guys what about you Britt? too much happening this week to be honest I mean yeah I feel like I did have a kind of a run of a few hectic weeks with sicknesses and whatnot but now it's all kind of calmed down a little bit and yeah it's been a lot a lot nicer yeah I think it'll be busy coming up too me and Britt have like the busiest November Yes, we do. We have very busy. We've got like pretty much just right off the next month. Yeah. We've got wedding planning and wedding celebrations, bridal showers, all of that. Throw in Remy's birthday in the middle of all of that. Yeah, it's going to be such a busy month trying to get everything sorted. A very happy month, that's for sure, but busy nonetheless. Yes. And we're even thinking about 
getting Bianca to come on and talk about her wedding because it's just so exciting. Oh, yeah, maybe we haven't mentioned this. Our best friend Bianca is getting married soon. It's so exciting. Britt and I are both in her wedding, so it's been like full planning mode for her bridal shower and her hens and yep. the wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's all go, but it's so exciting and can't wait for it to, I guess, all be done and, yeah, just see how it all comes together. Yeah, it should be a lovely few weeks and then, you know, the spring to Christmas. So, yes, it'll be busy. But, um, I remember you saying to me the other week that you were going to ask the pediatrician about starting solids with Olivia since she is very quickly nearing six months. Yes, I did. So we had our pediatrician appointment on Wednesday last week, which was actually for something completely irrelevant um, to starting solids. Basically, there were some concerns that she had a biuvular split, I think it's called. Basically, it's just a small split in her uvula, and my GP was worried it would affect her palate and potentially her starting solids later on. So I guess it is kind of related. And... I had noticed she had some readiness sim- like signals for a while and like, how do I know when she's ready? And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to ask the pediatrician. And he actually asked me flat out straight away. He was like, okay, have we started solids? I was like, no, I was actually going to talk to you about that and see if this is something I should do. He's like, yeah, start her, go ahead. Could she start in a high chair? And I went, yeah. He's like, yeah, start her. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> so yeah. we've started. That's good. That's exciting. Nervous, anxiety, but yeah, definitely exciting. Oh, yes. I'm very nervous. It's hard too because like, you know, even when we put up that poll a few weeks ago um, about when did you start solids, there was such a mixed response basically between four to six months Um, because I know that a lot of uh, doctors do, you know, say four months still, but then you've got, I guess, more of the literature saying six months these days. Yeah. Well, it hadn't really crossed my mind. Well, it had, I guess, but it hadn't crossed my mind too much, I suppose, because when I went to my CAFS appointment at, what is it, six weeks, eight weeks? No? Six. When do you go to the CAFS? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Whenever your CAFS visit is. I went and the cath lady's like, right, you start at six months. And I kind of went like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then as I'd started like, this is coming up closer, I'll do some research. I was like, I'm in lots of Facebook pages and, you know, I talked to Brit about it and I talked to some of my other friends about it. And um, when I'd actually joined, I think it's called Starting Solids Australia on Facebook, they send some emails out, which is quite comforting and you can like, get some knowledge and stuff they said like world health organization says around six months and they basically explained it like it's whenever your baby is showing those redness signs it's around six months it's not like a magic switch flicks over at six months that it's like yep food you need to pay attention to those signals it might be before it might be after and that kind of went oh that could happen at any time (laughs) yeah well that's right I mean I guess it's a it's like anything with with babies and kids in general there's no like magic number where they're just going to be ready for that next step like you know even things like dropping a nap or um yeah anything really it's kind of like a guide um when you're looking at ages I guess and age brackets so yeah it's really more about looking for those signs and 
stuff that she's ready, ready to start having a little taste of the real food. Yeah. And I mean, I'd kind of noticed some of these signs. Oh God. Since she was about five months, I think it was when she hit five months and I went, oh my God, I could technically start soon. And I messaged Britt and went, when did you start with Remy? (laughs) Because she's been interested in my coffee actually in the mornings for a while. She like tries to hijack my cup of coffee. Yep. And I'm always like, no, you can't have it. It's not for babies. And she's still trying to hijack. And I went, oh, she is really interested in food. Like I ate my lunch the other day and she was staring at me the entire time. She cracked it when I didn't give her any. And I just went, yeah, no, she's ready. And sorry, Em, I might just jump in and quickly say like the signs of readiness that you should be looking for. So it's usually around six months of age, um, showing some interest in food, reaching and grabbing for food, able to put objects in the mouth, good head and trunk support and able to sit with minimal assistance. So kind of, you know, they can sit in a high chair. They don't have to completely be able to sit upright on their own, but um, yeah, just sitting in a high chair and sort of still able to hold themselves up for um, a decent amount of time. Um, And I just wanted to make a note that teeth is not an indicator of readiness for solids. So your baby definitely can start solids, even if they don't have any teeth and they don't actually need teeth to be able to eat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's hard though, because I feel like, you know, you can you can have a very similar solids journey, I suppose, to somebody else. Like, for example, you and a friend can both do baby-led weaning, but then later down the track, one might be a really good eater and one might be a super picky eater. So I think there's so much, like, uh, I guess, myths on what is the best way, what is what is going to prevent picky eating. I think, yeah, you just really have to do whatever works for you and be guided by your own baby yeah and I guess it's it's like anything every baby's going to be completely different you could do everything under the sun and you still may end up with a piggy eater it's a bit like sleep yeah that's right sometimes you just you can't help it no I'm I'm hoping she's not but we'll see I think the key with um starting solids is just that you know you have to just offer even if your baby seems um like they're not consuming much or that they're playing with their food more than eating like you just have to remember that that's all part of the experience and it's still a learning process and it's still you know beneficial for them even if they're not eating it yeah and I think that's been my biggest learning curve so far at the moment I had done lots of research into this I'm a teacher so that was just inevitable it was going to happen I was going to be like reading all the books and stuff like that and I ended up doing the tiny hearts starting solids course which was amazing highly recommend and it was in that that they went you know babies really do play with their food they do spit it out um they do gag these are all very normal things while they're learning um and now that I've started yeah she spits pretty much everything out she does like the taste but she does spit things out yeah like I don't think I've seen her swallow anything yet and it's just normal development too isn't it really like you know they need to be aware of if they don't like something or if something's a bit too big to fit in their mouth they need to kind of know how to bring that forward and be able to spit it out as well so like you know it's a valuable skill that they're learning yeah exactly yeah even though it can be frustrating at times for sure 
Yeah, and I think even with that, like there is a, you know, a bit of confusion with baby led weaning as well. I mean, I guess we should put a disclaimer in this episode to say that neither of us are experts in this field. We are not nutritionists, dietitians, pediatricians, anything like that. Um, We are just purely talking about, well, I guess me, I'm talking about my experiences with both of my kids and what has worked and what we did and then, yeah, just sharing some stuff with Em and then Em will just be talking about what she's been researching and looking into. Yeah, as far as, yeah, I have absolutely no expertise and I think amateur or novice is probably too generous in how to explain <laughs> where I'm at if I'm honest because <laughs> yeah. I have no experience <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah well look it won't take long <laughs> once you start the process and it is it is a very I guess fun messy anxious time oh yeah it's making me a bit, little bit anxious I think But I remember with Hallie, like I was obviously looking at baby led weaning because, yeah, in the last few years that has been very up and coming and seems to be the way that most people are doing things. Um, But you you need to pick what what works for you and what works for your mental health as well because baby led weaning can be very, very messy and, yeah, I guess there is that anxiety there with when you're letting your baby feed themselves sometimes you just want to step in yeah I think it's just making me pretty nervous I don't know I think the idea of them just going from solely milk to eating I guess finger foods is like whoa yeah that's right it's like a bit of an experience I think one of the misconceptions around baby led weaning as well is that, you know, people think that baby led weaning means that you don't use purees, but Mm. that's not really the case. Baby led weaning really just means that you're allowing the baby to be the driver of it all. So you're letting them feed themselves using their own hands to feed and I guess kind of leading the way rather than you spoon feeding them. But you can still feed them purees because baby led weaning is all about you know exposing them to a wide range of textures and foods and different shapes and sizes and yeah stuff like that so yeah you can definitely still still go in with the purees first yeah so if I could give you any advice M or to anyone else that's starting or um, going through the solids phase um, is that you should eat together so try and have your meals you know together don't feed your baby first and then eat your meal try and eat at the same time because obviously babies mimic um, what you're doing and they learn by watching you so that's always a good thing to do Um, the second tip would be to offer a large variety of different foods so try and introduce them to as many new foods as you can and also offer foods that you might not necessarily eat together as a meal yourself but you know for a baby they don't know really the difference between like breakfast food and dinner food so you know it's okay to offer um, yogurt at dinner time or um, pancakes or something like that Um, 
And I think sometimes it can be a good way to get them used to different foods and different textures going together as well if you offer um, different types of food groups alongside each other. And then my third tip would be just to stay calm and try not to intervene unless, you know, you really have to. So try and let your baby explore, make mess as hard as it is to kind of sit back and watch them just make mess everywhere and throw their food everywhere. Um, Yeah, just know that it's all part of the experience and just let them go. Yeah, I think the the hardest thing for me when I started solids was the mess and the wasting. Yeah. I know you kind of put so much effort into it and then it's like, oh, that's that's gone. Yeah, I know. You spent that's all gone. of this time like preparing it to be obviously uh, a safe portion size or a safe serving for whatever age bracket they're in. And, um, you know, when they're so young still, you obviously need to make sure that things are soft enough that they kind of dissolve and, you know, pass that squish test um, so that they can eat it and not choke. And, yeah, so you spend obviously a lot of time preparing it in that way when you wouldn't necessarily prepare it in that way for you or the rest of the family. Um, So it is extra effort. And then you just watch them throw it all over the floor and you're like, great. Yeah, it's just an extra time-consuming element to your day, I find, as well. Like, I've tried to be as smart about this as I can to start. And, look, I'm very nervous about the actual food portion of things. So we're starting with purees. Um, and Britt gave me this amazing machine that's, like, a four-in-one and you can steam and puree and reheat and all that mm-hmm. jazz with this. Oh, pardon you. <laughs> with this machine and um so I've started doing that and then freezing it into cubes so at least like I guess that prep is kind of done however I made a bit of a boo-boo and I didn't make the formula like the mixture thin enough and it's probably more lumpy bumpies than a puree. Yeah. And so she didn't really like that texture. So I did end up just buying straight apple and pear sachets just to try with her because I figured the texture would be a bit thinner for her to try the flavour first. Um, yeah. And then I'll introduce the lumpy bumpy one. Yeah, that's fair enough. And there's nothing wrong with those, um, you know, sachets and stuff, especially, you know, when you're starting out and when you're on the go and things like that, like it's, yeah, I guess it's just a bit of an easier, easier way to do things. You don't have to make everything from scratch yourself all the time. No. And I guess to go along with Brit's food wastage thing, the sachets are actually found pretty useful because, so I went out and bought these on Sunday along with some like rice, baby rice cereal as well to try and cracked open an apple one, and I think we've used, we used it twice, so it wasn't very much at all. Um, and I did some Googling and the website for the company actually said, like, you can freeze it as long as it's in an airtight container. Um, so I've frozen the leftovers to continue using. So that's made me feel a little bit, a bit better about the food wastage portion, I think. Oh, yeah, that's good. I didn't want to, like, throw it away. Yeah. Having only had, like, this tiny little bit out of it. Yeah. And so are you kind of planning, like, is your, I guess, 
plan of attack for solids, kind of starting with the puree, getting it to be a bit more chunky and then moving on to more of like finger foods or? Yeah, that's that's my plan. I think that's going to keep my mind a little bit at ease. Yep. In saying that, um, when I was eating on Sunday, like I just had cheese and salami, pretty basic lunch really, <laughs> and um, she was eyeing off my cheese and I was like, yeah, you want to do taste of deuce? And she literally put it in her mouth and was licking it. She kept going back for the cheese. She really liked it. I just held it and she just kind of sucked on my fingers in the cheese. Yeah. Um, so I did great, finally, finally grate some cheese yesterday and put it on her plate and she had a ball with that. She, again, didn't swallow it, but she did put it in her mouth and play around with it, spit it out. She was trying to lick it off of the tray. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, like, I'm I'm fine with those softer sort of textures that I'm confident she won't choke on for the minute. I think it's the choking that's making me the most nervous. Yeah. I remember when I, you know, first started with Hallie and, doing all of the research and all of the Instagram pages and the books and everything. Um, and I came across like a, uh, a little, I guess, what do you call them? Not really an acronym. A mnemonic. Yes. A mnemonic. That's the word. Um, that was like, if it's loud and red, go ahead. And if it's silent and blue, they need you. And so in my yeah. head, I was like trying to remind myself of that. Like, you know, if, they're kind of coughing and gagging and all of that, that's normal and that's, you know, them trying to solve the issue on their own and spit it out on their own. But when they're truly choking, then they will be quiet because they don't get any sound or air out. Yeah, and that's something that was mentioned in um, the Tiny Hearts course as well. I think it was that exact acronym. Yeah. Um, and it's something I've been trying to remember and I think they also had like, I mean, mnemonic <laughs> they had a similar mnemonic for when you're giving them food that you should be able to squish it if you can't squish it cut it and if you can't do any of those you chuck it that's it don't use it yeah, um, yeah. because it can block an airway yeah I think that's like where the starting solids um stuff comes in handy too you can either you know follow their socials or they do have an app um because they do you can just kind of search the food that you want to, to give them and then they will tell you how to prepare it for each sort of age bracket yeah which is really helpful um I definitely did that a lot especially with Remy because I you know you just forget so much and like because Hallie can eat everything sometimes I forget that Remy can't eat everything and yeah. So I yeah. would find myself going back and being like, hang on a minute, like what size is age appropriate for her? Like, am I supposed to be doing like, you know, the sort of two finger whip size or am I supposed to be moving on to the small pincer grip size now? Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely came in handy for that. Yeah. I think all of, um, I think it's, it's solid starts the app, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I have been using that as well to check, like, what was the recommended, like, the cooking things and stuff with that. They, they, it's really good with that. That was that did get recommended as well on Instagram. Yep. Um, that was a recommendation on Instagram. Someone said use the app. It's really good. So. Yeah, I definitely um, have a few of my favourite uh, Instagrams that I follow, which are boob to food She is so knowledgeable about 
you know, all that kind of stuff. And she's also really good at telling you, I guess, what foods have more nutritional value, which can particularly be helpful, you know, when they aren't consuming as much, they're not swallowing as much. So because they're only swallowing, you know, a teaspoon of what you give them, if you give them something that's really high in the nutritional value that they need, like iron, um, then at least they're getting something in. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, which is a good, good way to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, um, I do follow some as well. All the ones that Brooke just mentioned because she told me to follow them. <laughs> um, and then they're yeah, starting Solids Australia, which was really good. And they do send, like, you can register for emails and they send you emails, which are really good. Like, I always give them a read. I was in another Facebook group as well. Um, it was a baby-led weaning one, but I've actually since left that group. I just found the culture in there was a little bit toxic. There was a lot of shaming in it. Yeah. yeah. And I just found that a bit too confronting given that this is going to be a massive journey for the both of us. I didn't really want to read all the shaming comments in it as well. Exactly. And you don't want this experience to be even more, you know, fear-provoking and anxiety for you. Yeah, it just – I felt really bad for some of the mums in that group. Like, they're just doing their best and, yeah, it was just making me a little bit more anxiety-ridden and I was like, not that I think I would ever – I wouldn't be sharing anything in the group. Like, I'm not that confident enough to do that, but – It was more so, yeah, you just, you know. I didn't want to see it. It made me feel bad, especially when I was starting at the same points as some people and, yeah. Yeah. They were, like, having a go at other people, which just didn't make me feel very confident. Yeah. And so since you're starting with purees, are you still planning to do, like, a baby-led weaning (laughs) approach? Like, are you still hoping to kind of let Olivia take the reins a little bit and sort of, like, let her play with the spoon and... Yes, so I am. Um, for the start, I've been spoon feeding her um, just because she's still actually learning to use a spoon and things like that. However, I did when she was using, I'm not using, when she was trying apples the other day, I she did take the spoon off of me a few times and was, you know, putting it in her mouth herself. So I'm kind of letting her do that when she wants to and otherwise I'm just offering it to her if she wants sometimes she'll take the spoon sometimes she won't I'm just kind of following her lead a little bit with it which yeah it's interesting yeah look Remy's almost one well she's just turned 11 months and she still doesn't use her spoon that much she will I will often like if it's something that's a bit more of a runny texture or you know something that requires a spoon or a fork then I will often like load load it for her and put it on her tray and yeah. she will then bring it to her mouth and eat it. But sometimes she will just pick it off with her hands. She will just grab whatever was on the spoon or the fork and just pick it up with her hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming Olivia will get to that stage at the moment. I think she's still just like trialing it out and we're seeing how we go. But um, she is definitely really interested in it, which is good. So we'll see how she goes. She keeps trying to steal the bowl. Yeah. Yes, they like to play with everything, don't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely everything. It It is such like I find myself just being like, oh, my God, why is it so messy? Like, can you please, like, sometimes I want to take over a little bit. Like, I want to spoon feed her to minimise the mess. 
but I have to remind myself like you know this is part of the learning this is part of the fun let her go she can be as messy as she wants yeah I that's I'm trying to remember that (laughs) it's something I have remembered is I know that they mentioned in the starting solids course like if they're getting on their face try not to clean them up right till the end when they're done um, yes. to try and get used to the sensory experience of solids as well that it is going to be messy yeah um that's something I did remember and that they mentioned about having plates you can have plates with dividers that's fine but also to have plates without dividers so they get used to different foods touching one another as well because that's something that babies need to learn to get used to yeah so that they don't develop like a bad habit later on which I hadn't even thought about so I'm glad that that got mentioned because I hadn't even it hadn't even crossed my mind. Yeah, and I think like those plates with the dividers are kind of like all the rage at the moment. Like you kind of see them every, everywhere, the silicon ones and stuff. And yeah, they are great. You know, especially if you're separating different parts of a meal, like for example, meat with vegetables or something like that. But yeah, you do. Yeah, you need to learn that food is allowed to touch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I try to put like uh, multiple things within the same section of the divider as well. Like, for example, like if I'm cutting up some strawberries from Remy, I'll also put like cheese in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll put like a couple of different things in each in each section. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, Remy just throws her plates and throws her bowls. I don't know if it's just my memory um, that is not serving me well, but I feel like Hallie wasn't as bad with throwing things on the ground, like food, yes, but I feel like she didn't throw her plates and her bowls and her spoons and stuff on the ground so much. But Remy will literally, every single after every bite, she'll throw it on the ground. Instead of putting it on her tray, she will just throw it on the ground. It's so frustrating because I have to pick it up a million times. That's insane. I mean, actually, I obviously don't have any experience with that now. I My sister-in-law has a toddler and he used to throw lots of stuff on the floor. So I've made sure I've got a messy mat, a splat mat, whatever you want to call it, basically the plastic sheeting that goes on the floor underneath your high chair so that you know, it doesn't get messed all over your floors. And also a catchy. Yes. Um, yep. To catch the food underneath. And I'm sure that will be a lifesaver later when she can chuck food. Yeah, for sure. Cutlery. <laughs> for sure. I feel like Remy, I don't know, it's not really a picky thing, I don't think, because she is a really good eater. She eats pretty much everything or she'll at least try everything. But if I put too many choices in front of her, she will kind of, ditch the things that she doesn't want in that moment and she will eat the one thing that she does want so I find that I kind of have to like prepare her meal or her plate or whatever and then leave it off of her tray and just give her like one thing at a time yeah otherwise yeah she it's not that she doesn't want that food it's just that it's kind of like she can only process just eating one at a time oh yeah just like oh can't think about that right now yeah but I was actually listening to a podcast I think it was from boob to food um this was a few weeks ago now and they had um someone on there talking about you know what to do with uh your baby when they do throw food or your toddler when they do kind of throw their food on the ground like do you continue to pick it up 
or do you leave it there? Like, like what should you do? Like if you pick it up, are you kind of just buying into their behaviour and then they think it's a game to throw it on the ground because they know you'll pick it up type thing? And yeah. so that was really interesting because I was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe I've just, I've created this bad habit for Remy of throwing things on the floor. So, yeah, I've been trying to kind of teach her and guide her every time she finishes her spoonful to, like, put it back on her tray and then I will get her another spoonful. Yeah, yeah. But it's a work in progress, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll just take time. Like, I can see it would definitely just take, like, a lot of time. Yeah, for sure. To adjust for sure it's definitely an experience but it sounds like you know you're pretty prepared you've done lots of research you yeah you kind of know what you what you want to do like what kind of approach you want to take and I think that is the best thing that you can do to prepare yourself is kind of know what you're comfortable with what approach you want to go for and yeah you just do you yeah I think I just want to try and take it to a point where I'm very comfortable like I don't want to be stressed during this experience um and I think a big part of it probably taking so long like she's probably been ready for a while honestly um but But you were I don't think I was ready (laughs) (laughs) which and I've seen lots of people saying this like I follow um another first-time mum on TikTok and she said her baby was given the all clear at like four months as well. And she's like, you know, he's almost six months and we still haven't started because I'm not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm just not comfortable with that just yet. This is a big change. And I'm not ready. And I was like, yeah, no, I, f- I felt that. Now I am. I'm excited for her to start foods and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not excited for her to steal my food, but it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I feel like even when you give them the same meal that you're having, exactly the same, they still want what mum has because everything that mum has looks better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's exactly what I can see happening with her. Yeah. I think like the the reason that I, I guess, went down the baby-led weaning path because baby-led weaning has become really popular in the last few years. I feel like back in the day it was like the rice cereals and the purees and there was none of this baby-led weaning like when we were kids. No, that's what my mum said to me actually because I messaged her, I think, asking about it. Like, when did I start solids? What did you do with me? And she was like, oh, yeah, I think I started you at six months with just like rice cereals she goes what's baby led weaning like she was asking me about it and I said to her like you know you're more than welcome to do the course that I've done if you like that's perfectly fine and um she was like yeah that would be great that would be great like I just don't know anything about it and so she she didn't have a clue and yeah my mother-in-law said the same thing she just started with I think it was Firex Firex yeah yeah when her like my partner and his sister were babies um but she knew what baby led weaning was from my sister-in-law because she did baby led weaning with her son so um she knew a little bit more about it as well but she was like don't worry I remember she was the exact same she was really nervous as well so that's been very helpful 
Yeah, I think no matter what, there's going to be an element of nerves, whether or not it's related to actually starting solids or it's related to allergies or, you know, there's so many things that come into play. Like there's not only, you know, them learning how to chew and swallow and eat different foods and different textures, but there's also that allergy part of it, which I could imagine that people that have a history of allergies or an allergy themselves would be yeah quite anxious about that oh yeah I'll um cross that bridge when I get there yeah (laughs) um that part's making me very nervous I won't lie about the allergies I don't have any and neither does my partner but I think that's what makes me nervous is I don't have any allergies or neither does he so you don't really know how to go about it yeah yeah and I think it would make me a bit nervous about how to manage that that scenario if she did have one when I don't have any experience having an allergy the only thing I'm allergic to is codeine and I just don't take it (laughs) so it's pretty easy to avoid something like codeine as opposed to nuts do you have um baby antihistamines I don't I probably need to get some of those that's a good idea yeah get some of that keep it on hand just in case um I think like the good thing these days is that you know, if you ever do have an emergency like that that involves kids, I feel like uh, the ambulance are really good with kids these days, like in terms of like getting too fast and, you know, providing the help that you need super quick. Um, yeah. So that's a bit more reassuring. I've also heard of people that, you know, if they are worried about a particular particular allergy because it runs in the family, they will kind of go to the hospital and just kind of, sit out the front and give it to them there oh yeah just in case anything was to happen yeah exactly we have a strong family history of peanuts um and tree nuts like my brother is anaphylactic to peanuts and when he was younger he was also allergic to many other nuts noisy But um, as he's gotten older, he's kind of grown out of the allergy to the other tree nuts, but he's still anaphylactic to peanuts. Um, Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, one of my cousins is also allergic Uh. to peanuts. And then later in life, my other cousin had an allergy to nuts. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we've kind of got like the peanut allergy thing happening on, yeah, three sides of my family. Yes. That was for my sister-in-law who's got a baby um, that's the same age as Remy, a little bit older than Remy, like because my brother is allergic to nuts, she was quite, I guess, anxious about the introduction of that. And so Mm -hmm. she actually spoke to her midwives about it and they referred her to a paediatrician and um, they ended up doing like introducing him nuts within the hospital setting. Oh, okay. They actually did it for her. And I think she said what they did was they gave him like a very tiny amount of, I'm assuming it was just like peanut butter type thing. Yeah. Um, So they gave him like one little tiny amount and then they waited a certain period of time and then they gave him a little bit more of larger serving and then waited and they basically did that five times. Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah, everything was good. He didn't have any reactions, so that was good. Oh, thank God. But, yeah, I guess there are those 
those other options as well. But I have heard, I don't know how true this is because obviously I've never experienced it. None of, neither of my girls have any allergies that we know about. Um, But in one of my mum's group, there's been a bit of talk about it. And a lot of them have said that they've been like on a waiting list for, you know, the last six months to see like an allergist or um, a paediatrician or any sort of specialist in that area because it's not a priority. Ah. Like say, for example, if your baby had a reaction to nuts or to dairy or whatever it may be, they just say like, just stop giving it to them, don't give them any more and they just put you on a waiting list to confirm it oh there you go but there's no real like urgency on it by the sounds that's so odd yeah which I guess must be kind of stressful for mums too because you know I guess you would just want to know you would want to know like are they allergic or aren't they yeah I think like that way you know what to avoid and what not to avoid, like, if it's just a random thing as well. Yeah, so then you can just kind of move forward. Yeah. And depending, Rather than tiptoeing around it. Yeah, and depending on what it is, like, for example, I feel like nuts you can kind of a bit more easily avoid, but something like dairy or even egg is in a lot of things. Oh, yeah, it's so hard to avoid. So, yeah, very hard to avoid. I'm very thankful that neither of my girls have any allergies that we're aware of. Yeah. It's making me a bit nervous, I think, to introduce them. Um, I'm sure as time goes, I'll get a little bit better, but I have no idea how I'm going to introduce shellfish to a baby. Yeah. I'm not going to be cracking open a crab for her. (laughs) I must admit, I haven't done shellfish for my kids because I'm not a seafood eater. I'm not allergic or anything. I just don't eat seafood. Like, I don't enjoy it. So we literally never eat it. So uh, the only thing I've given my kids is tuna. I'm not – I don't even think they've had – or Hallie might have had salmon. But, yeah, Remy's only had tuna and she's been fine with that, but she hasn't had any other types of fish. Um, So – yeah. We do a lot of fishing. Like my partner, my partner's dad has a boat. So they quite often will go out fishing and like they do catch crabs. So I guess I have easy access to crabs, but I just am like, do I want to give it to a baby who's going to spit it out? Like that's a waste of crab. Yeah. So I know, is there, I'm like, everything shellfish wise is expensive. Like how do I introduce this to her? Maybe you can start with prawns. Oh, prawns are shellfish, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Right. I think so. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe I'll start with prawns then. Because prawns is a bit more common and it's coming up to Christmas. So maybe she can have her first prawn on Christmas. Yeah, and we eat lots of seafood in my my family, particularly on my mum's side. Like that's something we do is we love oysters and prawns and so we all shell prawns and have oysters. And um, one year we had lobsters. That was a special occasion. Yep. Um, yeah. So we're big seafood people on that side. See, I don't know if it's like a Broken Hill thing, but like there's no fresh water in Broken Hill. Like, you know, there's no crab and fresh fish and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know if it's just that like there's not as much seafood in Broken Hill. So I didn't really grow up around it. Oh, yeah, true, I guess. Whereas I've always lived here and my dad had a boat and he loved fishing. He used to take us fishing when we were growing up. So 
I've kind of grown up around um, eating fish and stuff my whole life. Yeah, see, in Broken Hill, it's kind of like yabbies. Yabbies are the thing. <laughs> They're shellfish. Yeah, they are. They are. Maybe I have to go catch some yabbies <laughs> up at the river. Yeah. But no, I think um, it doesn't really matter when you introduce allergies, I guess, but from most of the literature and stuff that I've read, it says that you should try, aim to introduce like the top allergens by the, like within the first year. Yeah. So by the time they're one. Yeah. So I might just list the top allergens for anyone that doesn't know or anyone that needs a bit of a refresher, but they are cow's milk egg, peanuts and tree nuts, fish and shellfish, wheat, um, soy and sesame. So yeah, if we can try and introduce those within sort of the first 12 months, then that's good. Yeah, which I think I should be able to do that, obviously. Like I don't, I won't have any issues. Wheat is something that I definitely want to make sure I cover because my mum is gluten intolerant. Yep. So she has a bit of an allergy to gluten and it can be hereditary. Thankfully, I don't have that problem, but I'm sure dairy is not great for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I I don't really have that much dairy and when I do have milk, I do lactose-free, but that's more, I guess, the lactose, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I still eat cheese. <laughs> and oh, love cheese. Everything else. <laughs> Cheese is just the best thing ever. That was my most missed pregnancy food, was soft cheeses. Yeah, same, same. Um, in terms of tracking foods, I think we're, we're both doing the same thing, aren't we? Yeah, so I've got that nibble and rest food magnet, 100 first foods. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the same one. It came, I got, I've got an Ikea high chair, just like, you know, I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, just the basic Ikea. Antelope. Everyone has. Yep. And then I bought the Nibble and Rest high chair makeover kit. So it's all pretty. And the um, magnet came with that. But it's been really handy just to keep it on the fridge. It will also be very handy, I think, because my partner will be home with her on a Monday when I go back to work. Um, So he'll be able to actually just look at what's on there. Excuse me. She really wants to join the conversation. Oh, she is an absolute chatterbox today. <laughs> absolute chatterbox. She just wants to be part of it. She's like, I know you're talking about me, Mum. Yeah, in this last week, she's done so much learning, it's kind of ridiculous. So I think it was last Tuesday, because we went to Book Bugs the same day. Last Tuesday or Monday, she rolled belly to back for the first time and then she just didn't really stop after that. She's then learnt to babble last week. Um, yeah, yeah, she's learning like everything. Learning. Yeah, she's doing everything. Yeah, now she doesn't stop babbling. She woke us up at 4 o'clock this morning babbling to herself. That was delightful. <laughs> just showing you how clever she is. I know, you're very clever, aren't you? I wish you'd babble mama and not dada, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I have, the, um, I have that magnet and I never had it for Hallie. I only got it for Remy. And, yeah, it's a really good idea because you can tick off the foods that you've done. And it also then kind of shows you, like, the foods that you haven't done, I suppose, because then you can be like, oh, you know, we haven't tried apple yet. 
Yeah, and there's so many on here that I probably wouldn't have thought about either because they're probably not foods that I would necessarily eat. Um, like I'm not a big lemon person, so that probably wouldn't have crossed my mind unless I saw it on a list. Same thing with like quinoa. Like that's not something I would have thought about for a baby. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. And I guess like it's hard because you want to try and introduce as many foods to them as possible. So one they you know I guess get to know what it is and get to know the taste and the texture and that they like it so that they're you know they don't become I guess fussy but then at the same time you don't want to have to be constantly buying items in your grocery shop that are items that you wouldn't necessarily use or buy because food is expensive these days like I don't know about your grocery bill but my grocery bill is like through the roof Oh, my God, the cost of living is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Granted, I am very, like, I'm glad that I've got the puree maker and I can freeze cubes of puree and things. Um, I, that's made me feel a little bit better, I think. Um, just because I think, well, I went to the shops the other day and I bought broccoli, pear, pumpkin and sweet potato I only pureed the sweet potato and the pear because I didn't realize it was going to make that much yeah it made like 20 cubes each and you have to use them within six weeks I went Jesus yeah I'm gonna get through all of that so I didn't bother with the broccoli or the pumpkin like we'll use it at home anyway um but that alone it was probably like four dollars to make fresh produce whereas the sachets themselves are like two dollars each yeah and I feel like when when you kind of start off with solids it is like a bit of a kind of slow process because when you think about you kind of just introducing one food at a time because you want to make sure that that, that's a safe food they don't have any reactions with it so you don't want to be introducing too many foods at once because then you won't know which one they reacted to if they were to have a reaction so I feel like those you know first you know couple of months just just getting to introducing all of the different foods is quite a slow process really yeah because you don't really want to start mixing foods until you know that they're they're fine with that particular food yeah and Um, so it's a yeah it can be a little bit I guess boring and just doing the same thing over and over so you don't want to go out and buy you know heaps and heaps of new foods just buy like maybe two things yeah That's something I have noticed about the sachets, just like an FYI, I guess if you're someone that went, oh, no, I think I'm just going to go with the sachets. There are, when I went and looked, the only things that you can buy as an individual sachet are apple and pear. That's it. The rest are already pre-mixed. Yeah. Yeah. So you're probably going to have to actually try some things yourself. Like the sachets are probably good for on the go and for something a bit more convenient or if you're like me and didn't put enough water in your puree. Yeah, that yeah. was me. <laughs> I guess like once you've yeah introduced a few different food groups and you've got a few safe foods and stuff like that, then you could maybe look at buying the the pre mixed pre bought like stuff that yeah then you can read the ingredients and be like oh yep all of those are safe ingredients so we should be fine. Yeah, it's really important to check the sachets as well. That's something that came up in the Tiny Hearts course that I did. Um, especially I guess when they're hitting that six month mark and yes food under one is for fun but they do need some nutritional value from it um most of the sachets their first ingredient is a fruit and if you're not aware on food packaging labels and 
I don't know if it's the same everywhere in the world, but in Australia at least, they're listed in the order of like most to least used. So if Apple is your first thing, it's used the most and will normally have a percentage there. They, they're they not going to get as much nutritional value as something like a vegetable, which they are going to need the iron and things from. Yeah, that's right. And you so also want to be, be careful that they don't have, you know, added sugars and salts and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, so just check the ingredient lists, I guess, because I noticed a few that I picked up were listed like, I think it was sweet potato, pumpkin and apple, but it was like 65% apple. Yeah, yeah. So just keep that in mind, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good tip, I guess, for people that aren't aren't aware. Which I wasn't aware. I just kind of went like, oh, I mean, I knew that's how food packaging worked. <laughs> but I didn't think about the fact that maybe the fruits would be the basis, whereas those rooty veg- those root-type vegetables or the vegetables that contain the iron and the stuff that they really, really need um, didn't wasn't included as much. Are you right? well I must say that I am looking forward to hearing your um, stories with Olivia starting solids and um, watching your snapchat yeah yeah just seeing how she progresses with it all I think it's it can be a really exciting time like even though there is a lot of anxiety around it I feel like it is also a very exciting time and it's so cute watching them learn and and also making little faces. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting time. It feels like she's not like a baby baby anymore. It's kind of sad. Yeah. I'm sad. But it is also very exciting. I just want to thank everybody as well who actually responded on Instagram about the solids and stuff. It was so helpful and I guess almost reassuring as well to hear everybody's responses about when they started or how they were starting. Like, like I said, I was in this Facebook page and there was a lot of shame about the purees a lot of shame about the purees and I thought oh my god I'm doing something wrong so to hear other people had done a combo of both or only purees it made me feel so much better and it was not a a toxic space and it made me feel a lot more at ease yeah I feel like everyone was really like encouraging and had some really nice words to say to you yeah yeah it was so nice but I think yeah. what we'll do is we will post um, some links or Instagram pages and stuff to some of the resources that we found helpful. Yes. And, yeah, if anyone wants to check it out. And then we'll check back in with Em maybe in a couple of months and see how Olivia's going, see how you're going. Yeah, actually, I think that's probably a great idea to try and check back in. I think it would be good to do like a touch base as well on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. See how other people have kind of gone. If other people had babies younger than Olivia and have now started, how they fit one. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be really good. All right. Well, I guess, yeah, watch this space and we'll see what happens and how how everything evolves. Um, if you guys have any other you want us to talk about, us a message on Instagram or you know leave a comment send us an email however you however you want to reach out to us feel free to do so we definitely want to hear what you guys want us to talk about and yeah like I said we will link all of the resources and we might even put up a post on Instagram with a bit of I guess starting solid information like I said we are not experts so all of the info that we are putting out there is taken from other resources and a collaboration of 
multiple pages and professionals um, and just kind of, yeah, passing on what we've learned to you. Yeah, yeah. And I guess just talking about kind of where we're at on a personal level. Yeah, that's it, just our experiences and what's worked and what hasn't worked and, yeah. But, yeah, as always, if you do like our podcast, then please follow and, um, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.